The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is, he said, fishing for his telephone, Thursday, September 29th, if you listen to the podcast in audio form. It is Wednesday, September 28th, if you're watching on YouTube, live on YouTube. And uh, Wednesday, you know what that means? It's a Brady Quinn football show. Will, I got to tell you, it's it's good to be back on with you. Lots transpired in the past week. Uh, but as we were talking before today's show, I, I thought you were coming from a golf course because it looked like you were in golf attire kind of had that chummy, uh, very like highbrow look to yourself. Uh, it looked like you're enjoying yourself. W- where are you coming from? I, I was Brady coming from a, um, a golf course. You and Pete Prisco FaceTimed me. And I think, I think yes. it was maybe bad service. So you guys couldn't like hear me or see me moving. Cause they're like, all I could hear was look at his chest hair. Look at the hair coming out of that shirt. What is he wearing? A There's a lot of hair. There's a, that beard that you have basically extends down to your chest. I, I, I don't, you know, this is not, I guess, a braggable thing. Um, but in theory, I could connect, I believe, my head hair to my uh, the hair on my like the hair on my toes. I think I could be in- entirely, completely covered in fur. That is it's definitely that's definitely not something you brag about. Right. Um, that is that is something to talk about, and it's an interesting point. Uh, I would what, also what, what you, have you ever grown a beard? You know, like you a beard? Long. No, I cannot. Okay. I mean, and I wasn't, you know, so judgment, obviously. I mean, like, you know, you, no, I, you know, I don't know why my dad's never really been able to grow a beard. I couldn't really grow a beard. Um, well, and I mean, you're, I, I tried to grow a mustache for, for no shave November. November, year. yeah. And it came out looking like, like Orlando Bloom, like his <laughs> kind of like ratty mustache looking facial well, hair. Well, see, you, your thing is, and um, as, so like my buddy Jeff that I was riding with, um, even, you know, he said like, he even remarked, what a well, what, what a well put together guy, Brady Quinn is. Like you, know, you just see, you know, you just, you, but you always look like you're, like you, you never look to show professional. 
Yeah. Professional. I mean, it's right. As opposed to disheveled, like disheveled. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, like, you know, you always, um, but so like, that, that's why I asked about the beard because like, you're never like a five o'clock shadow guy. You're a clean shaven no. guy. Nope. Got to be clean shaved. You know, I, I, my marching orders came from one, one Kieran Porley. And he said, look, when you go on camera, you make sure you shave. You look like a clean cut kid. I said, okay. So ever since then, really I was hired by CBS. I've always tried to follow Port's guidelines. So shout out. Like, to but like you weren't like a five o'clock shadow, uh, like unshaven no. guy in the NFL either. No, but my dad was a military guy too. So it was uh, like, hey, make sure. your bed. Like everything's got to be in line. And you, you did, know? you know, you were a professional athlete. That tends to be a little disciplined. And, and of course, yeah. uh, the, of the course. rigid Catholicism of Notre Dame. Catholicism as well, right. Getting, getting struck with a ruler. Back in my younger days, going to Catholic school. Can't do that anymore, I, buddy. Yeah. Well, I didn't go to Catholic school when I was young either. So that's that's. You know, you know who does go to Catholic school? Your kids, Robbie Brinson. That's what I think. Little Catholic Robbie. punk. Yeah. Well, we, we, we've been debating the um, the the merits of uh, conversion, but I think the problem is when you're an actual Catholic, it, it, any any uh, any. Uh, uh, discount you get i think it's, it's pretty substantial if you know what i'm saying yes um, you do get a nice discount for education that is true that is the, true. It's one of the perks. uh the the um i guess sometimes the, you get an extra host in the offering you know offering plate as, I, mean, as I understand it if you if you're getting the catholic discount you are approached sometimes and asked to maybe take that discount and give it back to the church well yeah i mean i don't know that anyone approaches you about that discount usually they just ask you to donate to other things other causes right that's right. They very yeah. right but i mean that's what i'm saying like i don't yeah seems like a lot of work speaking of, speaking of something that's nothing to do with this which i'd love to just river dance right out of this he says, hey let's do it let's get out of catholic let's stuff. talk about a couple of things that happened this past weekend oh you want to talk about football yeah well at some point yeah so jimmy garoppolo is stepping out of the back of the end zone Mm. Sunday night football. There's a thought that Dan Orlovsky gets off the hook. Negative. For him running out of the back of the end zone. I'm with you on that. I think that is one of the most biggest misconceptions of week three in the NFL was that anyone's going to be let off the hook for that. I mean, his heel barely touched out, let alone a quarterback who ran almost half the length of the field out of bounds. And not just out of bounds, three yards out of bounds. Preach, brother. Almost past the wife, the white. And actually got to a point where it was like, how could you not know you're out of bounds at that point to take a safety? And then the other one was Mark Sanchez, who felt like the punter for the Dolphins was impeding on his space because he did try to launch a football up his personal protector's backside, his behind. His, um, his, his tuchus, as Al Michaels likes to say. Right. Also, you know somebody's a dad when they say behind. Behind, you know, uh, you know the buttocks, bottom. Whatever you, whatever you want to say, a bottom, right? I, I had on radio today, someone said they're ni- nice toilet. He phrased it that way. Have so, you have you said, I got to go tinkle in front of like if someone who doesn't have kids because they look at you like you're a loser. Dude, dudes don't tinkle. Um, but even my daughter's, even my daughter's like, daddy, I have to go to the bathroom. We would never say tinkle. We say number one or number two. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, but the whole point Dad, is, drop bombs. We we got through a weekend of football. Yeah, and by the way, he like belly back. And look at Jared Allen laughing. He's not screaming or yelling. He's laughing because of how far Dan Olofsky goes out of bounds, and he still thinks he's like in play right there. Exactly. That's the key point. So look, this official who is two feet, and if you're watching on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/pick6, you can see it. This official is that Ed Hockley? Might be. Might be. 
Arms don't look big enough, but yeah. Um, he, has got, enough. he has got the safety signal raised. There are in the stands, at least by my quick count, about 30 to 40, maybe 50 people pointing and laughing because yeah. Dan Orlowski has been running in, in on the white line for so long. Jared yeah. Allen is already celebrating, as you note, 69. Nice. Um, and like Jimmy Garoppolo was just two steps. Like he actually, he, like, I feel like that happens. It was his heel. Yeah. No, he got two feet yeah. out. I mean, but still. Yeah. But anyway, the, the whole point is this. It doesn't negate from Orlovsky or Sanchez and the history that they've created in the NFL for the safety in that case or the infamous butt fumble for Sanchez. So we have to, we have to talk about that first. The second thing is I got the chance to call a game this weekend. You were fantastic. I appreciate that. I didn't feel fantastic, but what something fantastic happened in the game, Will. I texted you about and it. You did. And, and that's why I wanted to like talk with you about this. So Jamal Williams scores a touchdown, right? Nice stiff arm at the very end of the play to get in the end zone. And he proceeds to celebrate in a manner in which he ends up getting an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for one too many pumps, one too many hip thrusts, however you want to describe it. I was losing it. Because in real time, I thought to myself, it has to be a hold, or maybe it's a face mask on Jamal Williams, the way he kind of stiffed-armed the defender. But then come, come to look at it, I'm like, oh, no, they're actually going to throw a flag on that. Which, I, you know, there were so many questions that jumped in my mind. And the one prevailing thought was, don't say anything that will get you fired or so you can never call an NFL game before. I, I, was, but, I, was, I was watching that game when it happened. And I was thrilled that you were, I guess you're the color guy, right? Like you're the, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to play by play. Right. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. Cause I know what you would say on this podcast oh, and I know, and I know what you would say on HQ and they're two drastically different things. So I was like, what is Brady going to say on the NFL on Fox right now? Because I know what's going on in his head. And like you're saying, like you're just thinking like, oh my God, don't, okay. You have to say something about this, but you just cannot get fired. <laughs> So I, I wish I would have came with something a little bit stronger than what I probably said in real time, but it was in part because I was, I was, I was hitting up our producer and talk back and I was like, bring on Mike Pereira. I want Mike Pereira to have to come on and talk about this in depth. One, two, I, I, I want to go back and do the replay. I want to show different angles because the other thing that we kind of missed out on was Dan Skipper, who got a second start of his in career, which tremendous story. If you haven't read into that. Check that out. I played left guard for the Lions this past week. He comes over and in unison, like choreographed, as Jamal Williams is thrusting the air, you see Dan Skipper kind of like zapping his hips, like almost pointing at his hips. I think I missed that. And so, exactly. Most people didn't see that. You had to see like a different angle of it. And so now I'm like, I want prayer to break this down. Like, was it just Jamal Williams because it was one too many pumps? Because it wasn't so much back and forth. It was like a circular motion. So yes, maybe that's but, considered more of a dance move. And, but did the Dan Skipper like lightning rod to his pelvis, did that like happen to draw any additional attention to draw the flag? So I was really hoping to get Mike Pereira in such a professional setting, having to break down what seemed to be this sexual act that made its way onto a Fox broadcast in an NFL game. And unfortunately, my producer would not let it happen. Uh, Stu Brumhill in the chat notes, Brady, you were so good with the pump analysis. Three hand clapping emojis. I concur. Uh, that's actually why I wasn't texting you to be like, oh my God, hey, Brady, like what's going on? Like, are you calling, you know, you're calling an NFL game. I was actually like, I, I was like, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, you probably, you've seen the key and peel thing, right? 
Of course. Yeah, like, of course. That's why, so I made reference to it after the fact when we came back. Hmm. But in real time. You probably time, said my good really, friend Will Brinson texted me. No, no, that's I right. You did say not say that. that. You did not I didn't say that. say that, but I wanted to. And you can see the image there. That's full extension. That's most likely, let's just put it this way, the climax <laughs> of Jamal Williams' hip thrust. Like, let's just put it that way. Like, that's probably the end. That was his finishing of, move. Of, of the excitement, the finishing move. Yes. You know? Now, I believe, of- by the way, I because he scored twice in this game. He did. I believe on the first touchdown, he went hands behind head, two Correct. quick grinds, and then bounced. And, and so then the next one, it was when he was out in the open kind of by himself because of the run. Yeah. And that's where he really got a lot of the attention. And that's where you started to see the hips, the whole body was into it. Uh, and look, in his defense, I mean, Von Miller used to get away with the same exact celebration. Maybe in the middle of the field. Pump, in the middle of the field. Like, run a 50. Like, you can't, you can't miss him, right? Like, we're in high school. The kids would, like, go and hook up on the 50. Like, that's where Von Miller used to do the celebration. And he never got in trouble for it. Yeah. So, my whole point is, like, it was – I was shocked in part because, obviously, it impacted the ensuing kickoff. Um, but just the fact that they called it. I was like, really? I mean – Anyway, I think we had a well, miss. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you Mike Pereira in a three-piece suit breaking down that that would, to would, me would be the best television. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to knock your producer at, at the NFL and Fox. I'm sure a fantastic person and great, great job producing. But they should have brought Mike Pereira on. The other thing I am kind of curious about, and I do agree that like the two-person factor uh, probably contributed to it a little bit. But I sort of wonder if Jamal Williams did the first move after the touchdown and the officials like, all right, we don't want to call this. They're going to get killed. Don't do that again. But say, like, did they say something or did maybe somebody from the league be like, Hey, uh, humpy McCumperson over there. Can't dance like that in the end zone. There's kids watching like the children, is, you know, not safe for work. Like, come on, we can't, we can't have this. Okay. Yeah. And you can't have all that sex just in, in one, you know, one spot there in the end zone. Singular act of sexual. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably gonna have an OnlyFans page after this. Like that's devoted to Jamal Williams. Just or like at Jamal Williams yep. and, on like on Twitter or yeah. something. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's like it's like during the weekday. Like you need to pick me up. Just go look at Jamal Williams' uh, hip thrust. Yeah. It, it, look, I will. I think you deserve an A plus for your your wow. in game coverage of it because it is a delicate topic. Yeah. Like I well, I I would have said something stupid. I feel very confident about that. My my play by play had kind of said something like, "Oh, that you know, that used to be you back at Notre Dame or in college or whatever." And I, I almost was going to say like, "Oh yeah, on the reg," but then I was like, "No, no, if you don't say that, on the you're reg. not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, buddy, all the time, <laughs> all the time. Uh, no, so it, I was I was just glad that I got through. Who was the, the, the play by play in that game? Uh, Brandon Godden. He oh, yeah. does a great job. True yeah, pro. Job. Um, him and Megan O'Levy, who was our sideline reporter, like. Ton, ton of fun to work with. We didn't get to spend much time doing it because of our other commitments. Uh, we were both working in college before uh, we, we got to Minneapolis to call the game, but uh, pretty sweet. And by the way, sweet stadium. Like I said this during the game, I don't know if it actually had any impact on the it's, kicks. It's an incredible stadium. It's an incredible stadium, but it was weird how Greg Joseph on two of his kicks and Austin Seibert on one of his, especially that fourth down that everyone's given Dan Campbell a hard time for not going for in Detroit. Um, all of them started all on course and then they just like faded or sliced to the right. Hmm. And it made zero sense watching it in real time because I was down the field before, even though the doors were closed then. And they kind of said like, I talked to some of the coaches in the field. They're like, yeah, when they open them up, you kind of feel a little bit of a draft or a breeze. It's nice. 
And so they ended up opening them up closer to kick. Ooh. You couldn't see it on the uprights with the flag. So I assume it didn't play a factor. It's just it's so odd that two kickers and three different kicks, the ball about halfway there just blew to the right. Interesting. Like it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Is the uh, in that stadium. Do you remember the because I know that the at one it, it, obviously depending on which way you're facing, the press box would could be up to the right. And the press box is open air. So I sort of wonder if there might be when you open the doors, is there maybe you like if you're not open air, it's all it, like that. That's everything's enclosed. I mean, that's a legit dome with the exception of those doors. No, no, I'm saying the press box, but I'm saying like if like if you have a window on one end of your house, oh, right, and they're, right. they're facing that creates the sort of the, the tunnel. Like, I wonder if it may be that's the, well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, if the uprights were here, right, like here are the uprights, the doors are literally right there on that upper concourse. Yeah, it's a hundred because it's, it's the field's actually down if you look where like ground level is. It's down. And then they open these big doors that swing and they create this like flow of air from up there. And that's that's the only thing that could have impacted those kicks almost the way it did, which look at the end of the day, even if Detroit makes that kick, uh, Cousins and the Vikings then win by one. They still throw the touchdown pass, you know, the rest is history. Now the difference is they probably would have had to go an extra 20, 30 yards based on the, the kickoff of, you know, after you make the, the the field goal. And so maybe that wouldn't have worked out the same way. But um, I, I still think it was the right decision for Dan Campbell to go, you know, for the field goal in that instance, make it a six-point game, and then force, you know, the Minnesota Vikings to get along the hard way. You don't expect Cyber to miss two kicks in that game. You just don't. And and I believe that John Breach pointed this out on the uh, recap podcast. I'm just going to double check here. I think on the possession before they attempted the field goal, Dan Campbell had gone for it on fourth down and didn't get it on the Minnesota 30 and they got stuffed. Yeah. Is which they had been great. They had been great throughout the day on fourth down. They were bad on third down. And in fact, to a point they converted all their fourth downs. They're like three for three, three of converted a third down, three of 16 Yeah, on, on third down. But it was, but then you look at the fourth down conversions. I think they're what three or four, four of six, four or six. So, so there you more go. More fourth down so, conversions than third downs. That's pretty rare. It's, it's really rare, and I think yeah. it's one of the reasons why Dan Campbell got so much you know, flack or criticism for not going for it in that instance. But I believe it was fourth and four, fourth and five, which even people in the analytics community would tell you that's a little outside the range of probably where you want to go for it at that point. Because if you don't get that conversion, then you're looking like the guy that you know gave Kirk Cousins in field position, and now they just have to go the short field to at least have a field goal, if not a touchdown, to win it. So – a lot of people are doing what's called resulting. They're taking the end result and they're basically using that to justify it being a bad decision. That's not how coaching decisions are made. No, it has to be process over result. You cannot be a result. Right. And even though Bill Parcells describes football as a results-based business and he's not wrong. Right. right. You cannot, you cannot uh, criticize or compliment somebody's process based on the result. It needs to be, right. did he have a sound process in how he approached this? Um, exactly. Minnesota got the ball at their own 44 after the missed field goal. And so, like, he, I mean, you know, he basically saved eight, y- eight yards, maybe. Right. But, I mean, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm fine with that, too. Um, I, I was – I don't – I was uh, I was going to – well, I was debating on whether we take a break. I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break. Okay. And, we, and we come back, Brady Quinn will tell me who's going to win – the most important football game of the weekend and maybe the year, maybe of all time. Really? This sounds like a really big game, whatever this is.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast so it is a huge game it's it's, it's a massive game it has uh ramifications implications that will resound across the world of football for years to come of course, I'm talking about Saturday night. <laughs> NC State. Clemson. NC State, Clemson. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. It's in Clemson, South Carolina. As of right now, they're still planning on kicking, playing. I know there's supposed to be some impact from Hurricane Ian. It, so there is going to be some bad weather as it looks now. Yes. I, I don't know who that favors. Um, I think both good, both good defenses. I think I'd give the edge to Clemson running the football a little better with Will Shipley. The thing I'm concerned about for your Wolfpack is DJ Uyunglele like had to step up in that moment last week versus Wake, and he did. Like countless pressure moments, and he made those plays through the air, which we hadn't seen this year, and then even running more than we'd seen. I think he added like 50 yards on the ground. That to me was like a statement game, I think, for him and maybe even for his time at Clemson, whereas he doesn't have to look over his shoulder at Kate Klubnik anymore who's a talented recruit that they've got waiting the wings. It's his team. It's his time now. And just go and, and play moving forward. So um, that's my concern for NC State is I don't know how difficult of a schedule they've played in comparison to Clemson where they've been tested. And you get them now in their house, Death Valley, tough place to play, assuming it's your normal college football setup and, and the hurricane obviously is dissipated by then. Yeah, I well – I think I would. I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with anything you just said. Um, I think that the if the hurricane weather is uh, intense and there's a lot of wind and a lot of rain, if if it is, then I think it favors NC State. Um, not on the field. I think Clemson is a better running team, but I, I believe that it will impact the number of people in the stands. Ooh, there you go. 
and it will make it more difficult to create noise because I was at the Hurricane, right. the Notre Dame, NC State game. There's no one there. I mean, it was like a, like a fossil, like a sieve. Like it was just water you were falling screaming. down. You can hear anything. Yeah. You're too busy watching the like. Uh, was it? Was that? That uh, makes me think though. There's a chance they might move it. And just to be able to have that environment because they know how big this game is. And I'll be honest with you, I don't want weather to do like even that game. I was like, why are they playing this game right now? When I, and back when they were playing Notre Dame and NC right, State, it was, yeah, it was, it was almost like a novelty. It was like dumb. It was like, what are we doing out here? Well, that's a, and like you can make the case this might be for playing for the ACC, right? Like this, this could change the outcome for both teams' chance to win the ACC. So, right. And then, so do you really want to risk that in a bad weather game where like both teams are going to be impacted by it? So right. I, I just, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope the weather's not impacted. I hope everyone's safe, by the way, first and foremost. Course, All right, I'm seeing some of my buddies live on the West Coast right now. Seeing pictures of Naples, I mean, they're underwater. The storm surge and the flooding's been so bad. So, well, you know, and the other thing too is that the um, the hurricane. It did wild that it like just like you're in Fort Lauderdale and like, the Miami area, and it's just no like like y'all. Are There's been nothing. Right? There's Isn't been crazy. Nothing. It's been a little rain, a little rain, a little wind. It, it's far enough west where it's not going to hit us. But but, but the, the issue for far. the Clemson game too is that it may hit the West Coast, cross over. Get back out into the Atlantic and the Gulf there. And circle back around, and, or and then, but when it when it hits water the second time, it, it picks up. Oh, cranks up. It gets cranks up. It's just it's cranks off up. Like now. Jamal Williams, like it's, just, it, up. it's like drinking a twelve pack of Tuffies. Like it's it's coming at you with some red ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean that, that's called the old the old loop to you. You know where, where it just yeah. loops right back around, it slams right back into you. God, maybe that maybe that should be like the uh, the tagline for this podcast coming out coming at you with some red ass. Yeah. I don't understand why Elon Musk can't figure this out. I mean, come on, dude. Forget Mars for a second. Can't we, like, prevent some hurricanes or other natural disasters first, like, before we want to go somewhere else? Like, let's not completely give up on this planet and some of the natural disasters. Like, let's try to save some things here. Then we can worry about colonizing Mars. That's just my feeling on it. And, and like, I'm big, like, on space. I think space is cool and awesome, but, like, eh, NASA's got a lot of money. You know, maybe we could direct that money to stuff on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great. I like, mean, you I could build a giant wall and keep out hurricanes. Who says that? I, well, I, I'm not going down that way. Science, road. perhaps. Uh, about any, any building any wall. Or yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm, about a wall. You're keeping yeah. out hurricanes in this. In this right, scenario. right. Well, there might be some other things to keep out, too, if you're building a wall to keep out hurricanes. I mean, I'm just saying. Right, you're right. You could keep out tidal waves. That's true. Tsunamis. That's true. It's not, you could killer whales. Sharks. I don't know. Killer whales. Yeah, Sharks. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, floods, tons of stuff. Anywho, um, the other thing, and I thought this was a really good point made by my buddy Chris Andrews today uh, while we were discussing the game after our lovely round at uh, Forest Creek. Shout out Jeff Hayes for the uh, the hookup. Um, is that Dabo Sweeney came out in his press conference and mentioned very specifically yeah. how much, oh man, you know, that, that zone defense they play, mm-mm-mm, that is, it's just, it's just it's so dangerous. Like, you just don't know what they could do with that zone defense. And Chris points out, it's like, if Dabo is specifically praising the zone defense, he probably loves the idea of us playing off coverage and allowing DJ to hit underneath shots instead of oh, pressing yeah. up on these receivers. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just waiting for you guys to do that. He's he's, he's, act, like, he's actively out there like, oh, my God. I just, you know, like, that zone defense is sort of like Jesus. I mean, it's just, you know, like sometimes you just don't know what miracles he's going to bring to you today. Wow. That you just said a lot in a little right there. Well, that's what Dabo does. Yeah, he does. 
He remember, does. remember I, when um remember when all his players before the the bowl game tested positive for for uh, Osterine or whatever it was, or some oh, some like some like steroid? weird steroid that you could only like get oh, it like illegally in China. Yeah, but that was like Bob Baffert, right? Like some guy urinated in the stall where there was the hay, and the horse ate the hay, and all of a sudden, right. It was one of those scenarios, right? Is that's how it happened? No, Dabo, Dabo even said he's like, I mean, who knows? You could like get that from Diet Coke. You know, like you can just drink a Diet Coke and then like all of a sudden you got a positive steroid. Like, I mean, I don't know where it came from. It's like, uh, I know where it came Someone from. Someone testing Nick Saban. Somebody needs to start testing Nick Saban. He could be ingesting this stuff right now. Doesn't he have a deal with Coke? Doesn't he oh, always oh, have like oh, a Coke oh, oh. there with him? Yeah, and, uh, and uh, Geico. And Geico, that's also. But I don't think Geico is going to give him, you know, that. I think ingesting the Diet Coke. Maybe they're giving like, him bird hormones. Duck hormones. That'd be, that'd be interesting. <laughs> It's true. These are my favorite. These truly are my favorite podcast. It's the Geico gecko. So it's actually a, a reptile. No, no, no. There's a duck. There's a, or is that Aflac? Oh, he's Aflac, not Geico. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, Fortunately, we have neither of those sponsors of this podcast. So I don't care. <laughs> no, by the way, stay floor man right here, baby. What? Yeah. I don't think we're getting that anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> um, I'm a state farm man myself. Hey, can we do some read between the lines? Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. All right, do you uh, are you gonna? Um... No, I, I've I've seen the list, although I don't want to think any about top of my head. So, okay, uh, let me um, log back into my computer here, which has been closed. God, I mean, truly the best podcast. I'm so desperately hoping that the people who are coming to fix your flat tire call you while we're on this podcast. They're texting me right now, which for all really? the listeners out there, I, I was driving to work today, and of course, got a flat tire because you know. With a hurricane and all this other bad weather stuff going on, and my kids not even having school, which I don't even want to get into that because it really just feels like an average Wednesday here in South Florida during hurricane season. But uh, now I've got a flat tire, and I'm trying to uh, diagnose the issue. And yes, I would change it myself if I had a spare. I don't have a spare, so now I've got to figure out how to get the car towed to a place where I can change it. Would you change it if you if you if you had if you had a spare? Yeah, I would. You would? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I Chopper, look at you. Chopper taught me how to, how to change a spare. I've only had to do it once. In fact, I had to do it once one time. I don't even know if I should tell this story. I was, I was in, uh, I, I want to say I was a freshman in high school. Oh, boy. And I was out in Arizona um, during like a, a long weekend. My sister had like a softball tournament or something. And one of our family friends had gone out there and he was going to school at Arizona State. And so he was, he was like taking me out to like house parties or whatever. But when we were driving to go to those house parties, he got a flat. And so he popped out and he's like, oh, dude, I don't know how to change a flat. I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know how to. I was like, where's your spare? And so I literally just started kind of rummaging through his trunk, you know, jacked up the car, took the thing off, you know, pulled off the old, old one, put the other one on, like did it all that. And I was like a freshman in high school at that point. But which is weird because I wasn't driving yet. But my dad had already kind of taught me, Chopper Quinn, always taught me those lessons like early on. So uh, meanwhile, while they were unable to physically process and how to do all that, like it, it worked out. But that's the only time I've ever like been in this scenario where I've had a spare and I've actually gotten a flat tire. But I, I bet um, I bet Chopper Quinn has never missed an oil change. Um, maybe once for probably like probably not. Yeah, for probably some Catholic not. holidays. He's, he, but he's like the guy. He's like Kramer, where they take the car on empty like way past the limits. Oh, I like, love they it. They want to see how far it. like they can push that vehicle on empty. There's been countless times where I've watched him do that. And I, and I, to this day, I'm always like, if, if you're, if you're on empty, you got a good 30, 40 miles. Like, I don't care what they say. Those tanks are made to be able to literally make it 30, 40 miles. hundred percent. They know that 
50% of America is like, ah, eh, I don't really feel like pulling over right now. Now, like my mom and my dad will, and Bob will not operate on less than a quarter of a tank. And that's, that's their prerogative. I, as you might uh, guess, am not, not really afraid of running down to the end of the, the uh, tank. Um, yeah. You know, the last time you I changed. On the yeah. I'm, a, I'm such an edgy guy. The last time I changed a, a flat tire, actually, we were hiking up in um, it was up in uh, uh, Boone, I think, for the for the weekend, and we went hiking. Oh, uh, Boone, North Carolina. Boone, North Carolina, my home. Oh, is that Boone. where App State is? Is that where yep. App State is? That's yeah, sure, buddy. That right? Yep. Yeah. So we we're hiking, and actually, uh, my my pal uh, Hogan, who listens to this podcast, shout out Will Hogan. Let's just call him Butch. Can we call uh, Hogan. Hogan sounds like a better Southern name. So oh, it's Hogan. Yeah, it's not Butch. We, we're 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 hiking. And we get this like little waterfall like spot and like where people pull up and we get down there. There's a bachelorette party there. And Hogan's like, Ooh, he's like, he's like, how do we, how do we forget to put beer in our like bag as we're hiking? He's like, I got some beer. I'm going to go ask him. To, he's like, you know, go to the day. Hey, what's up? That's beer. great. Hey, and I'm he, a dude. I don't have any beer. Can I have some of yours? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. But he starts walking over there and just slips on this like little rock and just goes square up and lands on his back. And they're like, no, you can't have our beer. <laughs> so like, insult to injury. But we fit, we're coming out of the hike and there's this like rainstorm coming down like crazy. And so we're like trying to get out to the parking lot as fast as we can. And we get out there. The bachelorette party is still there. They have Ooh. a flat tire. Oh, guess who changed it? Old Willie Brinson. L.A.B. Right. It was actually kind of dicey because it was like very muddy. And they like we yeah. it, it, it could have been it was a very impressive effort. It's a great story. It's a great story. Yeah. There's some more to it, but it's not really. Yeah, probably not the right time for it. Right, exactly. So, read between the lines. Dennis Allen, Saints coach, told reporters after practice about Jameis Winston, really, it's just more trying to rest and trying to make sure it's healthy. Read between the lines. Um, it's clearly bothering his play, although I don't know. I, I think when I go back and look at what he's trying to state is – it's probably a chance Andy Dalton starts. I, I and maybe we want Andy Dalton to start because Jameis Winston looks like the Jameis Winston that was playing with the Bucs. We see the upside and ability, but we see the turnovers way too much. So maybe we'll give old Andy Dalton a chance. We feel like our defense is good enough to keep us in games and to win us games if we're not having to face extra possessions because our quarterback's turning it over. And it does feel like if the Saints go out beat – oh, they're playing the Vikings in London, aren't they? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 9 30 yep. a.m. Eastern kick. They're getting two and a half points. The Vikings are actually favored in this case. And no, obviously, no home field specifically. Yeah. yeah. Although you'd think that given the Scandinavian nature of Vikings, that maybe they'd have a greater fan base over there because there's more people who maybe come down from Scandinavia and say, Skull Vikings and do the clap and all that. Are there a lot of Saints over there too, though? That also is true. That would <laughs> kind of buck that. But are the Saints busy on Sundays? Very good point. Yeah. I don't think Vikings actually recognize Sunday. Uh, I mean, well, this is a good question, actually. I, I don't know. I'm just making it. Um, yeah, smash the like button if you're watching. Shout out. Uh, Jeremiah Murphy says, Brady Quinn is the – Jeremiah Murphy, by the way. Brady Quinn is the most Irish name I've ever seen, and I'm Irish myself. Nice. Yeah, yeah I guess my name is more Irish than, than Jeremiah's. Oh, hey, you want to hear uh, – I, I think I can tell the story. Uh, yeah, Does he know I'm from Dublin, Ohio? I mean, it's kind of weird, too. That- Dublin, Ohio. Um, so um, 
when I was in high school, I don't know about you. I mean, you were you're like so tall and like you know athlete that maybe. Where's this didn't... going? Have I told you the story? Oh, I hope not. Okay, good. Um, Is this going to be a good story? <laughs> yeah, like you. I, I don't know how you would, you know, in high school, if you were looking to procure uh, adult beverages before the legal age to consume them. I'm not sure how you were able to do so. Maybe you knew, you know what I mean? It's basically like, did you have somebody else's ID? Like, yada, yada, yada. Like, what was... No, I, did, I didn't put myself in harm's way like that. If someone was doing that, they were, they were getting it. I was the one buying that. And I guess that's true. If you're the, if you're like the QB1, you're like, bro, just go get me beer, bring it back. Yeah. And they're like, yes, yeah, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. So um, I, uh, someone, at, I just remember, I was going to leave all the parties out of it, but uh, uh, made a ID for me. You made your own, you made a homemade ID. I did ID. not make it. Somebody else made this. That is, that, that, oh, okay. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like trying to get myself out of trouble. So you like McLovin? You were like McLovin? Is that what it was? Actually worse. We go down to Savannah over spring break. I think it was my senior year in high school, maybe junior year. I can't remember. And it's St. Patrick's day. They dye the river green. You have a couple of entrances. You go in and you show your ID, you get a wristband. You can go to any bar you want. It's a fantastic time. Very Irish. I go and I'm like, I'm like, like dumb enough where I haven't like really like analyzed like, you know, the whole, like I should have like remembered all the information. I'm not really thinking about it. And I go and I hand the lady my ID and she looks at me. She goes, happy birthday. I was like, uh, thank you. Whoever made this ID thought it would be hilarious to give me the name Randall Patrick McMurphy and make my birthday St. Patrick's day. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's, it's pretty funny. funny. Like it's I, funny when you're I like about like, to lose, uh, like you've got to get arrested for, you know, whatever. Anyway. It's um, on you I, for not knowing that it was your birthday though on your fake ID. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, like, yeah, that's like a, uh, a like the one thing you're supposed to know is like all your information on your fake ID. Good lesson least learned. Backstory. Yeah. Good lesson learned. All right. Typical Brinson. That's right. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, is this, this Miles Garrett um, car crash is like, I, I hope he's okay. I know he's a little banged up. Might not play this week. Um, I, I can't see how he plays this week. Odd thing is, like, I didn't, he didn't strike me as a Porsche guy. It kind of, that's kind of a small car for a big guy like that. It know? is a small car for a big guy like that. Like, how the hell is he fitting in that thing? I have no idea. Like, I, I kind of picture him being more like SUV truck guy, like some bigger, high off the ground, you know, you step up into. Not or, like, or even like a longer, like a, a Lambo anything. or a Ferrari is like more room. Porsches are, have no leg room. Yeah, I, I just that, that was surprised. Like that, that was the most. It's like at this point, anything that happens in Cleveland, I'm not surprised by. Mm. Besides the car choice of Miles Garrett, did not think he was going to be in that small of a car. Like that's that's what threw me off. I was like, ah, well, I mean, yeah, crazy stuff happens in Cleveland. Trust me, I was there for three years. Yeah, um, weird stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you had a bunch of weird stuff happen while you were there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was the weirdest thing that ever happened to you in Cleveland? That happened to me, or just like, yeah, like. I mean, there was, I mean, we had a, there was a lot of stuff around the whole staff thing, you know? Like, I, Oh, the staff. Oh, that's right. We talked about that yeah. at one point, like a, either last year yeah. or maybe two years ago. Well, because we were like bathing with Hibiclens, which is like the soap they give you to, to wash with before surgery. It is not, not made for like everyday use. But guys were so scared of being in the facility. They were like literally big, gigantic bottles of Hibiclens in the showers. I'm like, 
everyone's like skins all dry and ashy like there's like just there's like gallons of like cocoa butter and shea butter everywhere because everyone's so dried out from it (laughs) what what is happening and wasn't that wasn't that like near the end of your run in cleveland right um i mean it was three years but i don't know if there was a beginning or a really end um (laughs) people when i I mean you're i I don't I, i i don't think that I mean, however many long the list of quarterbacks is, like there are a lot of Browns quarterbacks. It didn't work out. What? It it, yeah, it well. would be one would suggest a Brown situation, Browns issue, and not a quarterback issue, right? Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, we're still trying to figure that out. We right. we, we hope Deshaun's the guy. I feel like you are positive. Like like I think of you, and maybe it's just because you're drafted by the Browns. Like I I think of you in a positive light with the Browns, as as positive a light as any like a Browns player from that run we thought of. I think the most frustrating part about that and even the memories is like people don't understand like that was my dream. Yeah. Like the craziest thing for me now being like nearing 40, having kids and all that and talking to our kids about like dreams and all that stuff is like that's what I grew up envisioning, playing in Notre Dame, playing in Cleveland. When that becomes your reality, it's kind of like crazy because you you're trying to like – you kind of look at everyone else out there and you're like, yeah, what did you dream about as a kid? I was like, oh, I wanted to play for the – Notre Dame, then go play for the Cleveland Browns. Like it happened. And like the draft, obviously, the way it went, it was like they came and got me. So I think the most heartbreaking thing about my time there was the fact that I got traded away. And I got traded away yeah. by a coach who didn't draft me. He wasn't, I knew when he came in, he wasn't a, a fan of me and obviously wasn't a fan of him either. Was it, was it Mangini? Mangini, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, again, like that was kind of just part of the deal. But that was what hurt the most. It's like when I, when I signed a contract with them, it was like, look, I'm here for five years. Hopefully, I'm here for the rest of my career. But like, I, I want to see this thing through. And between injuries and then other issues we had, you know, it just it, it was it was it was hard to take. And I think also getting drafted with Joe uh, Thomas and being close to Joe is like I felt like like I wanted to to be there with him. Like he was my guy. Like he was you know one of my good friends. And it was just tough. Like it's tough like saying goodbye to all those guys. Braylon Edwards, a guy I was really close to. Like I literally bought a house probably a you know a driver and a three iron away from where he lived uh even close to where my quarterback coach rip shear was i love rip uh rob chizinski like oh he had such close relationships and when they blew that thing up after my second year and mangini came in it just everything kind of turned and changed and that was unfortunately for me tough because i knew on his way in like he didn't want me to be the guy they were trying to trade me to the broncos before that season it didn't happen it happened after the season um but that was the toughest part i think about that but Again, uh, not to completely get off on a tangent, no, the most surprising I, thing. Because, well, again, even living up there, like having played there and lived there, I would have never had a Porsche because of just the weather. Like, you're just, there's not, there's only so many days you're going to be able to drive that thing out there given the weather in this time of year, and especially in football season. What, what, what color was your Hummer that you bought as soon as you got drafted? Yellow? I never bought one. I had a deal. Oh, that's right. They, they, yeah, they leased me. And I gave Chopper and Rob's, my mom and dad, they had one. Theirs was white. And I had a, I, I had a black one. Um, and the cool thing was, is like one that was like one of the coolest, like Chris Long ended up getting it the year after I was drafted. Um, he, he ended up getting that sponsorship. Yeah. So I went, I went, <laughs> the bad thing was I went in New York to help give Chris Long a. Oh, oh, you gave, <laughs> you gave Chris Long a hover. I was like presenting him the keys to it. I was just like, this sounds awful. Like we call it H2. Can we say anything other than that? I remember joking with Chris at the time, being like, "This is, this is just this, this is like the marketing <laughs> finish. It's terrible." 
I'm like, it's going to sound awful. Like, we can't word it that way. And and I knew Chris because my my little sister and Chris Chris, by the way, Chris friend of the pod has been on the pod great guy great dude he's the great. best so, and so he was, has a much better podcast than, than we have here going <laughs> like he he went to UVA yep. my little sister played soccer at UVA so mm. I remember I flew in one time for my little sister's twenty first birthday and somehow I got drunker than she did that night for her twenty first like I was the drunkest person just buying everyone shots trying to make sure she had a good time and I ended up seeing him. Late night, there's some sandwich spot there. Everyone it's goes. It's called the White Spot. Yes. Yes, it's the yes. greatest. And they put the fried eggs it's on awesome. burgers. Yes, it's awesome. Yeah. So I ended up getting some like late night food there. But I saw him at one of the bars we were at the end of the night, kind of closing up shop. Uh, I, and know, I remember like that you too. It's the one with the upstairs thing. It's like right there in the corner. I'm sure it's right across from White Spot. I'll be honest. I don't remember much from that night. I just yeah. remember like talking to Chris for a while and then eventually reconnecting for the H2 giveaway. That's how I describe it, the H2 giveaway at that point in New York. But the rest uh, the rest is history. So you gave – you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get fired over this. Uh, I gave my parents also a <laughs> – I bet you and Chopper have had a few laughs. Let's check them well, but the, so here's, so here's, here's the true story of that. So we'll just, we'll just go right in the weeds with this. So obviously we had a, a spike in gas prices, right? Yeah around that like 08 like back during the, the housing market crash in 08 yeah so you know housing market crashes gas prices skyrocket guess what happens it was really they expensive they stopped making they stopped making h2s right yeah. they're not making hummers anymore right yeah. they limit them i guess i should say yeah. right there was, uh, it's hard to get a hummer these days right there, it was hard there was, there was a handle on, on being able to get a hummer all right you had to go through a lot of, a lot of tough things to, to get one. Anyway, so they, they like they and like the deal was over, and they're like, "Yeah, we can't renew. Like, we literally need these back." Like, they went through like that sort of like GM was going through a really really hard time at that point. So right. that deal ended, uh, and so the the Hummers were gone. So they just they dried up. They're they're no longer no longer there. <laughs> oh my god! This is, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, I love that. Um, I can't remember who, who it was. Somebody was like, I was like, yeah, I gotta go do this podcast. This is like a while back. I was like, I gotta do this podcast with, uh, Brady Quinn. They're like, ah, man, tough times for him. Huh? He's got to do a podcast with, <laughs> do a podcast with Will. <laughs> Thank God they pay me so well here. Hopefully that continues. Uh, doesn't yeah. dry up like, like Hummer did. Well, I would hope, you know, you would think that CBS would give you somebody at CBS would give you a Hummer. <laughs> Just for the like for usage to back and forth to the office, like for the mileage. Just, I mean, are, are they back? I mean, they are back. They have electric, electric version. They right? have electric hummers now. Oh yeah, they're coming out. Yeah, oh. they're, they're they're out there. Yeah, huh. you gotta find them. <laughs> uh, all right, we got any more? I mean, they're gonna. Uh, all right. By the way, where's, uh, where's Billy? Where's Billy? This is the first time I think Billy's produced the pick six today. I'm sure he's really enjoying this. Podcast. I, I, bet, I bet Billy is like. Okay, I didn't think, I get myself into I think like Billy came on like a you know did the Sunday show and is like, you know, like all right, this is like I can't believe I'm gonna be up listening to Princeton talk until three in the morning every Sunday for like the next like however long, like the welcome to hell on earth. And it's like, oh, by the way, uh you don't know about Brady Quinn football shows yet because yeah. <laughs> like be prepared to hit the laser buttons, be prepared to hit the dump button. Um Anyway. Uh, do we have a dumb button? Is that no, a thing? We do not. We do not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think technically. So. I don't know what the rule is for YouTube in terms of because we're live on YouTube, obviously. 
Um, right. I don't know what technically the, like, I mean, you know, CBS could get mad if we said something offensive or, you know, a bad word or something, right? Right, right. But, but I don't think YouTube cares. So ultimately, we could just like chop it out for the audio version and maybe we'd kind of get away with it. I don't know. It's possible this podcast. Like this right now. Hey, you want to talk some football X's and O's real quick? So actually, like, we accomplished something instead of just talking about the old H2s. Yes. Or uh, I was going to ask you. I know there's like, you, um, you sent me a voice text earlier, which is what you do. Oh, yeah. No. I made, I, I, when, uh, when we did the fantasy football uh, draft a thon thing, Matt Leiner popped on with us. Yeah. And I like, I was like, Brady loves sending voice texts. He was like, oh my God, thank you. Yes. It's so weird. Like, why does he do that? And it's he, not he was, weird. It's the future. Like, people who leave voicemails are like, yeah, get out of here. Like, no, no, voicemails you trash. Voice, exactly. You might as well leave a voice text. No different than texting someone. It's more personal because you actually get to hear their voice, the tone of it, and, and it's quicker. Because sometimes you're driving or something, you don't want to text and drive, voice text. I love, I like your voice text because there's usually this like kind of, you're like, so I'm <laughs> like, I know you're going to like sneak in some like toughy reference or some like something sarcastic. And it, I always laugh. Anyway, you pointed out, uh, I think, was it, I was in a car, so it was like hard. It was like, is it Ed Donatel we were talking about? You're, you're yeah. referencing? Yeah. So, so um, calling the game last week, one of the cool things about calling a game is you really get to kind of dive in the weeds of what they're trying to do schematically on both sides. And this is the Vikings so, Lions game for those. That correct, correct. Yeah, Minnesota Vikings taking on the Lions. So Ed Donatel is a longtime coach in the NFL. Uh, he's been doing it for, I want to say, like 30 years. Yeah. <clears throat> he obviously comes from, I guess you'd say, the Vic Fangio coaching tree. And he's implementing what's called a shell coverage. And you'll hear, like you kind of heard Troy uh, Aikman and Joe Buck talk about on Monday Night Football when the Vikings played the Eagles. And obviously the the – the um, Eagles were able to gut the Vikings defense, right? Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of, a lot of production, a lot of plays. And so uh, going into the game and it's, it's tough sometimes because you don't have a chance to really dive into it as deep as you'd like to, but I'll just kind of describe what that is and why it's like the invoke defense, right? It Guys is, like Brandon Staley are running it. Well, and just to, just for clarification purposes for, for the listeners, but like when you say, I mean, like a shell coverage, do you, yeah, it's all you know, explained. Like, do, so, would you, does it matter what sort of defense you're running? Or is that like the yes. back? That is the defense. You're, you're you're it is called just a shell coverage. So it's not like a. Because it all has to work in hand in hand, right? Yeah. So your coverage has to work with your run fits in the run game. So right. obviously your coverage is for the pass game. Your run fits is for the run game. And so usually typically in most defenses, sound defenses, everyone's assigned to a gap, right? So let's just say between the guard center, there's someone there on each side. Between the guard tackle, there's someone assigned on each side. And then outside of them, right, those are all gaps yep. or potential spots where the running back and the offense is trying to run at, right? Got to set the edge. So you have, to have, you have to have a coverage that mirrors with that. So you're sound for pass coverage and you're sound for run defense. This is what's interesting about the shell coverage. So the shell coverage really essentially accomplishes two things. The first thing is that if you look at the structure of it, you kind of get the cornerbacks who are playing somewhat off and the safeties kind of, and it literally creates like a shell to the defense, right? And, and, and the reason why they try to do that is they want to limit the big plays in the passing game. And so they're going to play softer zone coverages out of that to try to limit that. But the other intent is, is they want to disguise and not the type of disguise where you saw, and just with the Minnesota Vikings fans, they'll relate with this, where Mike Zimmer would have like one safety down there the line of scrimmage and the snap of the ball, they run back and they switch and they, and, they, and they go from, you know, three strong to three weak or whatever verbiage you want to use for that. What the shell coverage does 
and it primarily starts with the free safety or the weak side safety, is that guy's not trying to give you any tells. As a quarterback, you typically look at the safeties, the weak safety in particular, for movement because a lot of your reads are based on if there's two high safeties or one high safety, depending on how those safeties move, right? And then from there, if it's too high, you might be working to this side of the field. If it's one high, you might be working to this side of the field, right? Yep. And then you've got your zone or man coverage beaters, things like that. And you've got your pure progressions where the coverage matters, but you're still looking one, two, three, four, five to your five eligible receivers. So this is why if you look at the construct of how quarterbacks and offenses are operate, about a third, if not more than that, of their plays are differentiated between that two high or one high and how you go about reading it. And so if you're a defense and you can take that shell coverage and you can make it hard for the quarterback to discern whether it's what too high zone or... coverage is yeah. and whether it's post high or split safety, and even if it's split safety, is it cover four? Is it cover two on this side, cover four on this side? Most people call that cover six. Is it cover two? And with the way they move their cornerbacks up to play that bump coverage in cloud, it, it, they can disguise a lot of the things that they do, and they kind of hide it with the way their safeties actually don't move as compared to where they did move. So if you can slow down the process and then this past game for a guy like Jared Goff to discern what that coverage is for a second after the snap or half a second, is, guess what? You only got two and a half, three seconds to throw the football. That's going to make him late in his progression and maybe late and off or inaccurate with the football. So that's kind of the, the design of it, and it was pretty neat to see. I mean, obviously, it's the beginning stages of Ed Donatel trying to implement that. And I think one of the things that we saw Vic Fangio be so successful with it in Denver is you had Von Miller, you had DeMarcus Ware, you had Bradley Chubb, you had these, these edge rushers that could get after opposing quarterbacks while they're holding on to the football, trying to distinguish the coverage. So when you take that extra, to figure, with that extra beat of time you needed to progress, all of a sudden it's been shrunken in half because the quarterback, you got, you know, you got somebody coming after you. In terms yeah, of the, the pocket's collapsing. You've got a guy hanging on you. You have to move off of the spot, which is a yep. big thing, right? Quarterbacks tend to be less accurate when you have to move off of your, your traditional spot where you're dropping. So um, that was one of the, the neater things, being able to kind of watch and break down a little bit. It really didn't come up quite as much in that particular game, but it's one of the things to kind of keep an eye on moving forward as Minnesota, who I think is going to be a playoff team, yeah. as they continue on this season. Uh, Harrison Smith was out. He'll eventually come back. But Josh Metellus played great in his in his place, uh, you know, getting his first start for the Vikings uh, at that week's safety spot. That is – I mean, uh, this is why the Brady Quinn football show is the best. Yeah, we talked about Hummers. And we Your phone's ringing and you don't want to no. say it. Your phone's ringing and you don't want to say it. Is that right? It, it's not. It's not. They're texting because uh, apparently that's how everyone communicates. Maybe I should send them back a voice, voice, a voice text. text. You should just send a voice text. Send text. Voice I love chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> they're not calling they're just texting we were uh we're gonna wrap up the show now um but we were hoping i was really really hoping that they because i know you would have said it i was really really hoping that the the audio I love chipmunks. <laughs> is that what you're hoping for yeah you want to tell the back so the backstory behind this is if if i got a call from the tow truck company i was supposed to say i love chipmunks really loud to let them know to mute my mic yeah so i could i could leave and then you and then and like ideally it was gonna happen right at the end of the show so it's like i love yeah. chipmunks and then you go black like like we, we cut the screen and i'm like, like what is happening i guess there's some chipmunks in south florida i don't know um all right or maybe you had to go get a hummer who knows all right we gotta go <laughs> that'll do it for the brady quick football show thanks for watching thanks for listening brady as always buddy a pleasure i hope um 
I have to get that tire fixed and... I'm gonna get in trouble for this show. This one feels like the most risque of all the shows we've done together. I mean, we've done like three shows about the Buffalo Bills and their things they like to toss in the field. So I think we're probably fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, all right buddy. Always a pleasure. Right. See you, man. See you. Bright shining light, Sarajevo. And they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.